Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast as eloquent as Les Miles. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who knows which side of the ball Hassan Defense plays. Oh, yes, that's that's me, Ryan Newman. It's it's what you'd expect. <laughs> yeah. And by the other brother, who looks a little bit like Lincoln Riley. Yeah, yeah, I'll, t- I'll take that. That's Trey Newman. All right, this is our Big 12 episode. We, of course, have already previewed the ACC and the Pac-12, so be sure to check out those episodes in your feed. And as always, follow us on Twitter at CFB Bros, and especially on Instagram at College Football Bros. We've got a lot of Instagram stories coming out in the next few weeks uh, leading up to the season. We've been doing a good job posting there and interacting with everybody, so join the fun. And okay, let's open up the show with our Call Me Crazy segment. Trey, go ahead. Yeah, all right. Call Me Crazy, but I think Neil Brown was the best hire of this offseason. You know, he did wonders at Troy, and he really didn't have much when he took over for Troy. They went 4-8 and eight in his first year, and then following that, they went 31-8, and eight, won three different bowl games. They beat teams like LSU and Nebraska. I think his air raid style is going to fit in Morgantown, and even his defense got to be top 20 good at Troy. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely not going to say you're crazy. I think he's pretty unanimously considered one of the best hires this offseason, for me, it came down to to him, of course, at Neil Brown at West Virginia, and Scott Satterfield at Louisville. And I don't really know how you separate those two. The job Satterfield did taking App State from FCS to FBS and being almost immediately competitive is incredible. So I'll just call it a tie between those two guys. Yeah, I agree with you, Mike. It's I don't think Trey's crazy. Uh, it's hard to separate Satterfield. Uh, and Brown. But the the one concern I do have for Neil Brown right now is just recruiting. How is he going to do in the Big 12? I mean, right now they're sitting at 48th according to 24-7. So that's, I mean, I know it's early, but usually your first full class is supposed to be your best class. So this needs to be, he needs to improve from that. Because if you're, if that's all it's going to be, eh, you're not going to get to very many high high profile bowl games that way. All right, next one. Call me crazy, but I am picking Texas to make the playoff wait what in 2020 okay (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. so i mean i have a feeling based on our talks this offseason that none of us are going to be all that high on texas this year but that's because of the inexperience the talent is there i think we all know tom herman's a really good coach todd orlando's a great defensive coordinator and so while they might take a step back this year with all the freshmen and sophomores that are going to be playing that's going to pay dividends next year. They're going to get most of their two deep back. And as long as Sam Ellinger doesn't go pro, and right now I would predict that he doesn't, I think they're going to be ready to, you know, we got to say it, to finally be back next year. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to go ahead and say you're crazy, Michael. I mean, there's there's no doubt that they're going to be better. But it's very difficult to make the playoff. And their odds will almost certainly be less than one-to-one. And... Because this year, there's only three teams that are one-to-one or better, according to the odds. Alabama, Clemson, and Georgia. I don't think Texas is on that level. And I don't think they'll be there next year either. And, of course, in their own conference, they still have to deal with OU, who had an incredible recruiting class last year as well. Offense should be still great. I know they'll lose Jalen Hurts, but I just think the odds are against you here, Mike. So I don't think you're crazy. Yeah, it's tough to get to the playoff, but they're recruiting Texas is just they've got they're just littered with talent uh, and especially this spe- specific year they're going to develop almost most of that youth and Oklahoma they still don't have a defense they've been able to make the playoff without that and even in this past year Texas beat Oklahoma so they're already that close to where Oklahoma is so I think I think they're right there and I, I like it okay all right um all right let's move on to mine here we got call me crazy but i think the big 12 has the best group of quarterbacks in the country so when you look at the conference from top to bottom i think really only kansas is in what you would call a very bad spot but other than them i i don't see anybody that says oh my gosh our quarterbacks are so horrible we're screwed Uh, i mean maybe not 
quite that bad. But TCU, I don't know about any of those guys. Yeah, well, they. I know they feel pretty good about their their true freshman quarterback, Max Duggan, and then yeah, but he's Alex a true freshman. Delton, I know, but at least for the future, I mean, Ryan, I'm just I'm just saying facts. You can't argue with that fact. He's a true I, freshman. I can't. <laughs> he is a true no. freshman. No, you're right. I mean, they do have. You hope one of those guys would emerge. But and West Virginia, I think there's a big question mark there. But nobody's going to be perfect. No y- conference is going to be perfect, Mike. No, you're right. You're right. No, I I agree. You're not. You're not crazy. I think the next closest would probably be the SEC. You know, they got Tua and Fromm, and then you've kind of got that mid tier of uh, Kellen Mond, Felipe Franks, Kelly Bryant. You know, maybe throw in Joe Burrow, but it really drops after that. So. I agree. Top to bottom, the Big 12 is better in that regard. I disagree. I'm going to say you're crazy, Ryan. I think it's the ACC. No, it's definitely <laughs> definitely not yeah. the ACC. Uh, just because Trevor Lawrence elevates everybody. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence and Bryce Perkins. But yeah, it's, yeah. They, their bottom half is, is brutal. But yeah, uh, I, think it's, I think it's the SEC. Because, Trey, you mentioned the talent at the top and in the middle. And even, I think they do go deep. Because you look, I looked at Athlon's... Um, quarterback rankings in the sec and they had arkansas with ben hicks and, and nick starkle 13th like what that's not bad those oh, guys you are for the sec yeah yeah, yeah. for the True. sec yeah yeah well, yeah because jared garantano's pretty solid he's pretty good yeah even terry wilson was like 12th and yeah oh, he's, that's not no oh <laughs> well yeah he's at least gotta be somewhere <laughs> yeah he's gotta be so at least he can run he should be 14th well fine but the point is vandy what's that Vanderbilt yeah Riley Neal who knows the transfer from, he he was at the bottom but yeah the point is I I think that their bottom is even better than the big 12's bottom this phrasing here is not great by me <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever Michael I just think their bottom yeah, sure. is their bottom is really thick you guys yeah it's, they got a thick bottom <laughs> all right should we move on yeah let's move please. on. please okay that's good uh let's get into our tiered rankings and before we get to it, I have a, a fun fact I stumbled across in, in my research this offseason. The Big 12, despite being called the Big 12, only has 10 teams. What? I don't believe that. They wouldn't call it that conference if that was true. Well, we're going to find out. We'll, we'll see how many teams we end up previewing here. The next thing you're going to say is the Big 10 doesn't have 10 teams. No, that's ridiculous. That's okay. going to be ridiculous, <laughs> Trey. Um, okay, let's start out here with the contenders. Ryan, who is our first of... 10 teams okay our first contender here is the oklahoma sooners and their over under is being set at 10 and a half with the over being the the favorite there at minus 125 the last two years man their offense just historically good but that's gonna have to come back down to earth a little bit this year they're still gonna be really good but losing four offensive linemen like really good linemen that's gotta hurt and then i don't know if jalen hurts the alabama transfer can be quite as good especially through the air as Mayfield and, and Kyler Murray have the past couple years I mean Riley I mean Lincoln Riley is going to do a good job of tailoring the offense to his strengths so I think they'll probably run the ball more and up, up front they do at least get Creed Humphrey back at center he's probably next in line to be NFL draft pick there but they're, they're probably going to start four sophomores up there and unless RJ Proctor they got the Virginia grad transfer he might slide in at one of the guard spots, but either way, got to be regression. But they they at least have a good uh, running back group with Kennedy Brooks, Trey Sermon, and TJ Pledger. They're stacked there, and receivers good, tight ends good. So then they brought in the best wide receiver class I think I've ever seen. So their yeah. their offense will be really good, probably still best in the country. Now, can Alex Grinch turn around the defense? I I don't know. We'll learn a lot about that week one when they play Houston. But I'm gonna have to lean under just because I think the offense will regress more than I think the defense will improve. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. And I agree with, with all your, your sentiments about the offense. Just want to bring up a, a couple of the skill guys you didn't mention by name. C.D. Lamb at receiver, of course. Oh, yeah, stud. All-American potential. Grant Calcaterra at tight end. The defense, yes, they're returning nine starters. There's some good talent there, too. Neville Gallimore, Ronnie Perkins on the D-line, and, of course, Kenneth Murray, the extremely productive linebacker. And I like the hire of Alex Grinch, but I think it's going to take some time. I don't think it's going to happen right away. The three years before Grinch got to Washington State, they averaged 76th in defensive S&P+. His first season there, they were 77th. So it wasn't a quick fix. I think it's going to be a similar situation here at Oklahoma. So I got to take the under as well, especially with kind of the middle of the Big 12, I think, having a lot of potentially good teams. 
Right. I just I, even for Oklahoma, I just can't. I can't fathom how they ranked last in total defense and scoring defense in the conference. Like you're one of the best teams in the country, but you're you have a worse defense than teams like Kansas. It just it's <laughs> so baffling to me. Yeah, uh, that's weird. It is. Uh, but Ryan, I, I agree with you on Jalen Hurts. I I really want to see. Jalen Hurts, the passer in this offense, we we know he'll be effective in the run game. So that's the one kind of thing I'm going to focus on on their offense this year. But as overall, outside of the Red River rivalry, where they're favored around a field goal, they're favored by almost 10 or more in every game. So I think they're going to go over their their win total. I don't see anyone jumping up and surprising them. Trey, the most surprising part of your answer there was that you said Red River rivalry without tripping over it yeah yeah it was, was i i thought the rivalry part got a little <laughs> slurry but i i, no, I managed it sounded good that was pretty good that was pretty good uh okay i just feel like ou's this it's they're gonna have drop one or two games where you don't expect like a couple years ago they did it to iowa state at home yeah could happen again this year yeah but, they almost lost last year to oklahoma state of course yeah so yeah, it's just you know with that without that historic offense so do you guys they've been to go 11 one they've been uh number one in s&p plus offense for three straight years do you guys think they're going to be number one again or nah i don't think so yeah i think it's i would put my money on clemson or alabama to, yeah i would i'm gonna say alabama but yeah even if it's close and even if they're you know third in in s&p plus offense that sounds like not that big of a drop off but it, it kind of would be because they're a, they've been a distant first yeah i know it's it'll be a big drop off that's <laughs> if, if that's the case but yep yep all right next up we have 2020 playoff contender sure that's right according to me texas uh the win total is set at nine and a half the under is a minus 150 favorite and i wish i had gotten to this when it was still minus 110 because i just think nine and a half is too high of a number among power five teams texas is last in returning production this season ouch now offensively it's it's not as bad the o-line has some question marks but you got sam ellinger back of course colin johnson at receiver keontae ingram looked really promising at running back as a freshman so i feel i feel pretty good on that side of the ball but the defense the entire starting front seven both starting corners are gone there's going to be so many freshmen and sophomores out there. Now they're four and five star guys. So I think they'll be okay. And they're probably going to get a lot better as the season goes on. And some of those sophomores we already know are good. Just to name one, Caden Stearns, obviously he's incredible at safety. Oh yeah. But he's a stud. I just don't think there's enough experience to get to 10 wins, especially because I see them starting off with an early loss to LSU in the non-conference. Yep. So I'm going to take the under here and I'm going to make that my lock. Ooh. All right. Wow. Well, once Texas beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl, sh- Sugar Bowl, Sugar Bowl. Oh man! After all that credit I gave you for Red yeah, River <laughs> rivalry, I, those R's I really like. Apparently, that would have been good for like um, a, a boring bowl game. You know, like maybe the Red Box Bowl. Yeah, that, that would have been a good oh, pronunciation. Yeah. No, but but once they beat Georgia, the expectations just went through the roof. And at that time, I I immediately knew I'd probably be more bearish on on them than the rest of the country. And Michael, you brought it up like the fact that they have to play LSU so early on and replacing all that talent and the youth on, on defense. That's, it's not a good recipe for, for an overseason. So I'm under as well. And the one, the other point I do want to make about the offense is I, I really like Sam Ellinger, but remember last year he went out a few times with injury and they could rely on Shane Bechel and mm-hmm. some, some depth at, at quarterback. They, Pretty much all their depth transferred away this offseason. So it's going to be really just youth and inexperience behind him. So if, yeah. if he's, if he's injured there, that might be a huge drop off. So that's a great point. Yeah. Yep. So I'm, I'm under. Yeah. It's going to be a clean sweep here. I'm going to go under on Texas as well. Um, I, the, you know, the future is obviously bright. Um, and I, Michael, you did mention the offense should be, should be fine. I, I agree with you there. They're, the, the offense line was a little bit of a question mark, but they did get the Georgia Tech transfer, Parker Braun. He was an all-ACC player, probably Georgia Tech's best player. So he should step in and start right away and, and then be more than fine there. Yeah, it's just that defense. I mean, losing all that many people. They were 50th in the nation in yards per play last year, and they're losing their entire front seven, and you tell me they're going to be better? I mean, I don't think they're going to have a good defense. So... I don't see how they can go 10 and 2 when they just have that much to replace. 
Yeah. And another thing about Texas is, Trey, you, you kind of brought up the inflated perception of them after that that Georgia game. But I think it kind of happened all season long because there were five of their uh, wins were were close wins against not great teams. They they beat Tulsa, K-State, Baylor, uh, Texas Tech and Kansas by kind of small margins. And they lost to Maryland like those those games count, too. Right. So e- even though they had some big wins, I, I don't think they were a top 10 team last year. They, they finished 17th in Sagarin. That sounds you know closer to accurate to me. Right. Right. But like you, like we've talked about, I just want to reiterate. Re- 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 <laughs> oh boy, man! Oh, I jinxed See? you, Trey. I jinxed wow, you. you. Give me a compliment, today, I, Junior. Yeah, you give me a compliment, and I just botch it. No, but I want to reiterate <laughs> the fact that, like, if if I had to pick a team from this point forward in the Big Twelve, it would be Texas. But it's just not immediately this year. Even ahead of Oklahoma. I mean. Okay, it's okay. It's one and one a, but I mean, I, I really <laughs> okay, like it's night and day what I thought of Texas a couple years ago. Yeah, no, I I agree. I agree. Very bull, bullish on the future. Um, and by the way, guys, we didn't bring up the most important player, Dicker the kicker. Yeah, yeah, you got uh, it. Uh, of course, oh yeah, yes. back for his sophomore year. Exactly. Uh, all right, now let's move on to what I think is a, a strong slate of dark horses. Trey, who do we have first here? So first, we've got Iowa State. The Cyclones, their over-under set at 8, and the it's set an even minus 110. So I think the Cyclones will be pretty good this season. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> that is terrible. Yeah. That's yeah. terrible. It's, it's pretty good, I, I must admit. No, they have... <laughs> you must admit. <laughs> no, but Purdy, man, what an unbelievable freshman campaign he had. He completed 66% of his passes, an extremely high passer rating. You know, he does lose his big target, Hakeem, Hakeem Butler, so so that'll hurt. Huge I mean, loss. Yeah, I mean, he Butler alone averaged 22 yards per catch, so, mm-hmm. I mean, that's tough to replace. But outside of that, and, and well, they lose David Montgomery at running back, but they, they have six offensive linemen returning, so whoever does replace Montgomery, they've got a solid line. Only five of them can play, though. <laughs> but but there's six though they have six so. <laughs> sorry i mean unless they do the big line formation thing yeah go jumbo jumbo yeah that's true that's true but uh it, it sounds like it might be a running back by committee you got crony lang or a couple freshmen but uh so i'm, I'm not really concerned about the loss of montgomery as much as i am uh butler but i trust purdy and and the offense and then defensively they were. They have a lot of returning pieces. Uh, all the top linemen, majority of the linebackers. Same with defensive backs, and they got defensive end Jaquan Bailey. He had the. Mo- he has the most sacks in school history. So I really, I'm high on Matt Campbell and the Cyclones this year. I see them getting over the eight win mark. Okay, Trey. I'm. I'm gonna have to go with. Uh, I'm thinking under here on Iowa State. I do like them. I really like the defense. Like you mentioned, they have some really good pieces. I'm just concerned about the offense because losing Hakeem Butler I think is ginormous for them Brock Purdy he averaged over 10 yards per pass attempt which is incredibly good yeah he was he was only behind uh Tua and Kyler Murray there but the that was because of Hakeem Butler no he's yeah that's true that's true it it was because they're the two other leading receivers coming back Deshante Jones and and Tariq Milton they averaged 8.5 and 12.3 respectively so i don't i'm not counting on anybody any either of those guys breaking the lid off of the, the top of the defense so i mean i'm not that worried about the loss of david montgomery as much as i am hakeem butler but it is a loss no doubt um they still have a, what is it kanae nwangu i think he's also in line maybe at that running back spot they like trey said it's kind of might be a little bit more by committee this year but I just, I'm not feeling it with that huge loss on offense, even with a, a good defense. Those are concerns, Ryan. I mean, those are valid, but I'm I'm taking the over here. I just, I love Iowa State this year. You guys covered the defense pretty well. Another guy I want to bring up, nose tackle Ray Lima. He's all big 12. Yeah, all big 12 on that D line. They've got one of the best front, not only defensive fronts, but just kind of front six or front seven in the country. Greg Eisworth at that star position, kind of a hybrid linebacker safety is great as well. So yeah, I mean, there's a ton to like about the defense. And I know the losses are are big on offense, but I just, I love Brock Purdy. I think that 
you know, with a, the continuity on the O line, I think they're going to make those skill players look good. And there's, you know, a few guys that, that could break out. Sophomore tight end, Charlie Kohler is a, is a, a potential star there. They add LaMichael Petway, a transfer from Arkansas. He had 500 yards there last year. So there's competent guys. It's not like the cupboard is completely bare. Right. Um, so yeah, that's why, that's why I'm going over. But one thing I did want to bring up and ask you guys, kind of the elephant in the room with, with Matt Campbell here is, you know, he's the biggest candidate to move on to a bigger job out there. And, yeah. and of course, there's a chance he, he stays at Iowa State for a long time. But let's assume he does leave. If that happens, who do you think has, is like the favorite to, to land him? Well, I mean, you really, you're kind of looking at which team you think is going to struggle here from a, from a big time program standpoint. I don't like where this is headed. Um, so I'm going to say USC, I would <laughs> say would be the leader in the clubhouse at this point. Clay might last another year after this, I'd be, but I'd be surprised. And Matt Campbell should have a solid year. And psh, I mean, they, the, the Trojans would love to have a guy like him. Yeah, no, to clarify, I, I felt bad about that because you were going to say USC is going to struggle this year, but I do like the prospect of, of Matt yeah. Campbell. Yep. Yeah. Matt Campbell would be awesome there. Uh, the other school I might throw in the, to the, the ring is Ole Miss. Yeah. If, yeah, if it's possible. SEC. Yeah. I wonder if he would, I wonder if he would leave for, for leave Iowa state for Ole Miss. Yeah. I was thinking maybe like Auburn potentially if Ooh, for whatever yeah. reason, Malzahn, they, you know, they, he's hot in the hot seat for whatever reason, South Carolina, would he, I don't know, must champ. Yeah. I think Ohio state is obviously potential too. Now that would wow. mean that Ryan day kind of fl- flames out there, which I don't expect, but you never know. Yeah, it's true. Okay, guys, we're moving on to our next dark horse here, and uh, we have the TCU Horn Frogs. the The line is being set at seven and a half, and you got minus minus one ten on both sides there. Well, I don't think the offense is quite as bad as the Cheez It Bowl would suggest. Um, it's not good. It's not good, but they at least have some some options at this year at quarterback. Alex Delton comes in from K State. wasn't amazing there, but you know. He can run a little bit. I don't bit. think there's a but. I mean, he, he wasn't great there. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not super excited about that. Not a whole lot of pieces to work with. But you also have Justin Rogers, Mike Collins. Okay, wait a sec. No, wait a sec. Let's just go one by one here. And I'm going to... I'm gonna. You're poking <laughs> holes on each quarterback. Yeah, exactly. So Justin yeah. Rogers, he, he still doesn't seem like he's healthy. Yeah, he's probably not. They're yeah. still really concerned about that. So I don't know if you can count on him. All right, next one. He's next still one. there. Well, he's there. Yeah. Mike Collins. Okay. I mean, he was mediocre last year. He's that's that's not exciting if you have Mike Collins as your quarterback. Max Duggan. True freshman. That's a fact. Can't refute that. Can't refute it. Can't refute yeah, it. I just think I just think there's quantity. Oh wait, you're not done with your list, are you? No, though? I'm gonna say that's the 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 main competition. Okay. The only reason I, I want to bring up Matthew Baldwin, right? Oh, he right. Matthew Baldwin, of course, yeah. He transferred from Ohio State, but there's they're not even sure if he's going to be eligible he yeah prob- that's why i didn't really mention him yeah he probably won't be i guess and even if he is he just had an undisclosed surgery well i guess they disclosed the surgery but they didn't say what it what it was on right and so he might miss fall camp so anyway uh go on with your your glowing review of of tcu yeah thanks mike appreciate <laughs> you for the help there well let's just say this i i would be surprised if the P- qb position was worse than it was last year all right you got me there it's gonna be a lot better You're okay right. All right, good. Now, the offensive line is four guys coming back with starting experience, but even a couple of them might aren't guaranteed starting spots, so that's that's a good sign that it, it should be improved. The strength of the offense, I think, is at on the on the perimeter. Jalen Rager, of course, one of the best receivers in the country. He's a stud. He went over a thousand yards somehow last year. Yeah, with yeah. A re, re, not exactly the best quarterback play, uh, but I think sophomore Tay Barber was going to have a breakout year. Apparently, he had a really good spring. They also have good running back core with Darius Anderson and uh, Shewu Alona Lua. <laughs> there it is. Nice work. I think. Thank you. Thank I don't you. know. <laughs> I don't know. Probably. It was. Anyways, but Alona Lua is having some legal issues right now, so he he'll probably be able to back be back on the team. But maybe a suspension is kind of in line for him. But and then you know their defense is always good. I'm not super worried about it. A little bit worried maybe about some some of the losses on the D line, but they get Ross Blacklock back, who was. Big 12 defensive freshman of the year a couple years ago. Got injured last year. but So I, I think with that, and then they got a grad transfer as well. Um, 
Oh, well, who was it? It was yeah um, from South Carolina. Shamik. Yeah, that's right. Shamik Blackshear from South Carolina. So he's yep. going to help kind of fill the void there too. So I'm I'm cautiously optimistic here. Um, so I'm going to go over on TCU. Yeah, I think TCU is going to improve a lot this year. I mean, let's remember about the offenses. Last year, they it started out on fire. And like Sean Robinson was their quarterback. And I, you know, I don't think he was like all world. I mean, he was good. But, yeah, yeah. And then he got injured and then they had... Turpin got kicked off the team. The offensive line suffered a bunch of injuries and they only had one lineman start all 13 games. So I just, I just think that, you know, they played with a bandaid on offense. And I just think because of that reason alone, if they have some continuity this year, it should dramatically improve. And then, you know, that losing LJ Collier on the defense will, will hurt. But what I like about their defense is their back end. They have a ton of experience there. Jeff Gladney, might have been the Big 12's best corner last year. And we know in the past happy Big 12, it helps to have a, a good secondary. Um, I'm expecting a bounce back year for for Patterson. So I'm taking the over. Yeah, I mean, you guys do make some good points about the team. And, and there's a lot of reason to think that they'll be improved, um, especially the fact. I mean, the big thing is the injuries last year. They just were kind of decimated on offense. Trey, you brought up the the lack of continuity on the O-line. Um, and you just kind of expect Gary Patterson to bounce back. But I'm going to go under for for two main reasons. One, the defense is 111th in returning production. Now, I know there's guys coming back from injury, and there is some some good talent there, and the defense is always good and all that. But I just think they're going to miss, Trey, you mentioned LJ Collier, also Ben Banigou. Those two guys were their best pass rushers. 29 and a half tackles for loss combined between the two. 14 and a half sacks. I just don't see a way that... Yeah, Ty def- Summers is gone. Ty, Yeah, there you go. I just don't see a way that the defense doesn't take a step back. But the main reason I'm going under, you can probably guess, is that I don't really feel great about any of those quarterbacks. There's there's a lot of guys, but I'm just not sure any of them are good. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm going under. Okay, our next dark horse is Baylor, and their win total set at 7.5. The over is a slight minus 115 favorite. And I really like the offense this year. Charlie Brewer, of course, back at quarterback. He's been solid the last two years. The receiving core is really good. Even with the loss of Jalen Hurd, Denzel Mims is going to have probably a monster year. There's a nice group of running backs. The only question is, is the offensive line, but... There's really nowhere to go but up there. They had the second most sacks allowed of any Power 5 team last season. So Yeah, Brewer was getting getting hit quite a bit. <laughs> he was. And do you know who was last in uh, in sacks among the Power 5? Ooh. Power. They're in the Pac-12, and they're very bad. Oh, Oregon State. Oregon State. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Not, good company, not good company to be in. No. Um, now, the defense... It did let up a ton of big plays last year. It, it it really wasn't very good, but it brings back most of its best players. And my favorite stat, Ryan, turnovers. Ooh, I was going to bring this up, but yeah, go ahead. They were 129th in turnovers forced last year. Do you know who was 130th? Oregon, Oregon State. State. <laughs> Oregon State. So <laughs> again, if they can get out of the company of Oregon State, then yeah, I think things are going to be a lot better. So I'm going over. Okay, well, I I agree. I, I I really like Baylor this year. They have a lot of returning starters, fourteen, and the turnovers is one of the reasons, main reasons why they only forced ten. They were horrible. Yeah. Uh, so, and they were one hundred and twentieth in average starting field position. Now, turnovers obviously kind of goes hand in hand with that, but I mean they they were behind the eight ball like every time they got the ball. They just had so far to go, and they still made a bowl game and won their bowl game. So. I mean, they may not be great at forcing turnovers this year, but just by plain luck, they should be better. Um, yeah. And they have a they have a very easy non-conference with Stephen F. Austin, Texas San Antonio, and Rice. So that's that should be three and all right there. Mm-hmm. And defense, I know it's it's uh, it wasn't all that great last year, but I think the linebackers will be a strength. They have three returning starters there, led by Clay Johnston in the middle, who led the team in tackles last year, and I think the D line has potential. James Lynch is a really good defensive end. He's all Big 12 type caliber. Uh, and then they got the former Texas A&M transfer from a couple years back, James Lockhart. And Bravion Roy is, is returning at, at at tackle there. So I really I really like this Baylor team. I'll keep saying it. They're, I'm gonna, In fact, I like them so much, Michael, 
and Trey that I'm going to make Baylor my lock. Wow. Wow. I'm. Yep. Well, that's crazy. I hate to go against a lock, but I just, Baylor's tricky for me. Uh, they're tough to handicap. And I do like the offense. You guys brought up great points. I mean, the offense finished in the top 40 of S&P Plus and, and most of their production returns. But defensively, I just, it's hard for me to get over the fact that they, they weren't good. And they're in the, the categories with Oregon State, as you mentioned. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, over the first two years of the rule era, they've averaged the 81st ranked defense by S&P Plus. And Michael, you you brought up the fact about big plays that they give up. So here's a little context. They gave up 26 plays of 40 or more yards. No other team in the Big 12 gave up more than 19. And we know the Big 12 isn't known for defense. So, I mean, I the, the lack of turnovers... I just I need it to be proven before uh, before I believe in it. So I'm actually going to lean under. And then also one thing I want to say about their schedule is they play back to back games in November against TCU, Oklahoma, and Texas. So brutal slate. They better get them early. Three and O, baby. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh-huh. All right, who's next, Trey? Yeah, we've got Oklahoma State. Their over under is set at seven and a half, with the under being favored at minus one forty. So. Gundy needs a bounce back year after their somewhat disappointing season last year. It sounds like they might even turn the reins over on offense to touted freshman Spencer Sanders. It's either him or the Hawaii transfer Drew Brown. But either quarterback, they get to throw it to one of the best receiving cores out there. They've got the All-American Wallace, who we've talked about in the past, Dylan Stoner, Landon Wolf. The offensive line is experienced, so I'm not expecting the offense to struggle at all, especially with with Gundy. Where they need help is defense, of course. They were in the bottom third of the country last year, and it doesn't look terribly promising this year. Uh, They did get a couple transfers, one from Bowling Green and another from Colorado to help plug some of the holes. Big time programs. Uh, <laughs> I, but it's it's bodies. It'll help. It'll help. They, and they needed bodies on that D line. They lost everybody. Yeah, they did. Yeah, top six guys. Now, one bright spot. You can maybe only play is, four, Ryan. You can only play four. Ah, so. nice, Mike. Uh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> what I was saying is one one bright spot maybe is five of their top ten tacklers were freshmen and sophomores, so that returning youth can can only help, I guess. So the weak defense does scare me, but. It's the Big 12. I love their offense. I just, I believe in Gundy. I think he's going to get him back on track and I'm going to lean over. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Trey. I agree with everything you said about the offense. I'm, I might even take it a step further. I think this offense has a chance to be one of the top five in the country. Now, that might be bold given that we, we sort of have question marks at quarterback, but I feel pretty good about either guy. And, and like you say, I, I expect it to be the, yeah, redshirt freshman Spencer Sanders and he's got, mobility as well so he's uh has a ton of potential so if everything works out they're they're great now you're right to worry about the defense i can't really refute the fact that they're they're probably going to struggle with with everything they're losing up front but i do like the secondary they were super young last year their two corners aj green and rodarius williams might be the best duo in the conference so yeah over uh, especially with the non-conference at oregon state home to mcneese state and at Tulsa. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad at all. I don't all. know if you guys and know then, Oregon State was last in the country in turnovers last year. Oh, <laughs> wow. Also gave up a lot of sacks. Yeah. <laughs> um, plus, in addition to those three, they, they host Kansas and Kansas State in Stillwater. So two very promising games there as yeah. well. So Although if they play last year like they did as a favorite and as an underdog, yeah, they kind of they reversed it. They kept losing as a favorite and winning as a dog. So as worried as I am about their defense, it was really bad last year, and they still went to a bowl game and beat a good Missouri team. So I'm, I am going to take the over, uh, and turnovers is one of the main reasons why. They were 118th uh, in the nation last year, so they would be, I'd be very surprised if they were that bad again on forcing turnovers. And it's just, I trust Mike Gundy. They always have a competitive team. They always have a really good offense. I really like the potential of uh, Spencer Sanders. I think he's going to be a stud. All Big 12 by the time he's done, maybe in Heisman race towards the end of his career. So I am going to take the over on the Cowboys. Another thing I want to mention, Sean Gleason, the, the new hired offensive coordinator from Princeton, 
I know Bill Connolly has been raving about him and his creativity. He's from so. Princeton. Got to be a smart guy. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. I'm not sure if he went there, but maybe he... He was involved. He's affiliated. Yeah. It has to be. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move on to the long shots to win the Big 12. Ryan, who we got? Okay. So our first long shot here is the Texas Tech Red Raiders. And their over-under is being set at uh, six and a half, with the under being the favorite at minus 145. First year for Matt Wells after a, a good run there uh, at Utah State. He inherits a team that, that should be pretty dangerous offensively. You get Alan Bowman coming back after a very good freshman year. The offensive line has a lot of returning starters, four, and they're going to be elder statesmen. They got four seniors and a junior probably starting up front. But they do lose their best receiver, uh, Antoine Wesley. He was awesome. He had over 1,400 yards. But it's Texas Tech. They usually have pretty good receivers. TJ Vasher and Seth Collins coming back. So there's there's experience there. And I think sophomore Keyshawn Carter could have a breakout year. So they're, they'll be just fine on the outside. Yeah. And they brought in a transfer for, or a couple transfers, but the main one, McLean Mannix from Nevada. Yeah, from Nevada he, was, he was very good there. He was, I yeah, I watched a few of his games last year. Like, I really liked Mannix. Yeah, exactly. And uh, they'll kind of keep the same similar type of offense uh, with David Yost. He likes to kind of do that air raid, keep it in the keep it, keep the ball in the air. So it's not going to be a huge shift in uh, in offenses or so it won't be like much of a growing pain, I don't think. So question is the defense. Obviously, it's uh, dicey as usual there in Lubbock. They were uh, they were second to last in the nation in passing defense last year, almost 300 a game. So I know they're in the past happy Big 12, but that's, that's got to improve. And they lose their best player, probably Dakota Allen, that linebacker. That's going to hurt. He was like their leading tackler the last few years. So I have some major concerns, uh, but maybe with their new defensive coordinator, Keith Patterson, he likes to be aggressive, trying to force those turnovers. Utah State, I was actually tied for first in the country. So maybe that can uh, improve a little bit with that new defensive coordinator. But I, I'm not that confident. I'm going to have to go under here on Texas Tech. All right, before I make my my over-under pick, I wanted to to ask you guys about Matt Wells. I know we talked about it earlier in the offseason, but, you know, sometimes opinions change. What do you think about the hire? Are you super high on it or? Eh, I mean, I'm not as high on him as I am like Neil Brown. I think Matt Wells, he took over a really good program from, from Gary Anderson. They had won like 11 games, I think, the year before he got there. And then in the six years while Wells was there, he had three losing seasons. Yeah. So it wasn't like he was tearing it up every year. And, you know, the recruiting wasn't very good. They were pretty much eighth or ninth in the Mountain West every year. So I don't see how he's going to all of a sudden turn this flip, turn the switch on that and be a really good recruiter, especially when you're competing with all those Texas schools. It's they're going to be towards the bottom of the pecking order. So, yeah, I mean, I the thing that worries me about Matt Wells is it seems like his reputation is almost fully based on i mean that's maybe a little harsh but it's it's largely based on one season this last season at utah state yeah, last year with jordan love which was great it was definitely a great year but like you said he just ever since he inherited the program from gary anderson just yeah for four or five years it just kept getting worse and worse and worse and i know we've talked about before that they had some really bad injury luck in a couple of those years but still i just i'm a little concerned i'm yeah it's a little underwhelming especially given to the fact that he has he doesn't have any ties to Texas so that's going to be a little bit more of a challenge even more for him to to recruit and and kind of do well in Lubbock so it was a, it was underwhelming for me yeah so I, I would feel a lot better about maybe not a lot better but a little better about Texas Tech this year if they were able to get like um Seth Luttrell from North Texas who I think would be a, a home run right. hire but that would have been better yeah, I'm just not seeing a great reason to go over here. Texas Tech has only had a winning record once in the last five years. And I know Alan Bowman, hopefully, you know, will be healthy for a full season, which would help. But it's hard for me to see the offense getting better, especially when you yeah, lose. Exactly. I mean, they've always had good, pretty good QB play. Yeah. And, and um, Cliff Kingsbury, as mediocre as he was as a head coach, was always, of course, I mean, maybe the best offensive mind in college football so Heck, didn't even Mahomes only have like one winning season at Texas Tech is that right I don't I don't remember, okay, I thought but... I heard something like that anyways yeah point being, so... they weren't amazing with even Mahomes so exactly and then 
the defense. Jordan Brooks is a nice piece at linebacker, but yeah, bad secondary in the Big 12 is not good. So I'll go six and six under. Yep. I, I really, I, I wanted to like Texas Tech here because I really like Alan Bowman. He He's awesome. He was a gamer playing through those injuries last year and he did complete almost 70% of his passes. And But that defense is so putrid. They gave up over 450 yards a game last year. And, and you add on to the fact that they're losing their top three safeties this year. I, I just, I don't like it. I don't like the mojo. And I see the exact same team as last year and they only won five games. So I'm going under and I'm going to make it my lock of the big 12. Mm. I was thinking about that too. Better odds with Baylor though. All right. Our next long shot is West Virginia. Their over under is five and this might be a year zero for for neil brown will greer is gone david sills and gary jennings his top two receivers are gone so is the third receiver marcus sims who entered the nfl supplemental draft they lose their all-conference left tackle yadney kajust the big 12 defensive play of the year david long at linebacker their all-conference safety kenny robinson is in the transfer portal Ooh, yeah that one hurts their ouch. other projected uh starter at safety derek pitts transferred to marshall it is a mess so yep not inheriting a great you know program right now um now of course the big question for for this year is who's going to start at quarterback they got to transfer Jarrett Dagey from Bowling Green if he were eligible I might actually pick him to be the favorite to start yeah but there's a, a good chance he won't be so I got to predict Austin Kendall the the Oklahoma transfer um but there is a competition with him and the you know last year's backup Jack Allison either way it's it's a major question mark uh, i'll let you guys talk about the the supporting cast and the defense but i'm just pretty down on this team overall so i'm going under yeah i'm uh i'm not i'm high on on neil brown in the future and and the mountaineers but just yeah not confident this year i just think that five wins are going to be really tough especially with the a fairly difficult non-conference schedule the the defense is yeah it's very questionable yeah uh, the mountaineers have a lot to replace especially up front it so i don't see them generating uh, any pressure or being able to stop the run you know i guess one bright spot is the secondary as it's in decent decent shape the the big three back there you got stewart norwood and washington they they did have the ability to to disrupt offenses last year but that's about it um, yeah, I mean the losses at safety. That's that's brutal. Yeah, yeah they are gonna if Alabama transfer Vandarius Cowan if he performs well, the linebackers could be you know I guess a strength of that defense. Yeah, but, he needs to step it up, but I mean he definitely has the potential. Yeah, so um, I'm just not seeing it. I'm going under. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm also going under here, just for pretty much all the reasons why you guys said. I mean the 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 Dana Holgerson era is definitely over. And this need they need a restart. It's going to take some time. I do like Neil Brown; he's a good coach, but it's going to take some time. It at least they have a couple pieces coming back. I'm going to try to be positive here. Okay. Okay. Fair. Yeah. Give me a sec. So they got two good offensive linemen: Colton McKivitz, who's going to move over to left tackle this year from right. He was good, and and Josh Sills at guard, who was second team All Big Twelve. Uh, he is he is a very good player. Okay, that's it for the offense. Okay. Yeah. Now, defensively, they do add a Juco defensive end that the coaches are actually pretty high on. Taj Alston, I haven't really seen him play, but the coaches are talking him up like they really like him. So, other than that, though, <laughs> I'm uh, not se- not seeing too much here from the Mountaineers. Uh, and when you look at their non-conference, it's tough. They got Missouri, who's going to be pretty good. NC State, mm, it's going to be a tough game. And even James Madison. James Madison's known they're one of the best FCS teams every year, and always compete pretty well they almost beat nc state last year so that's that's no gimme for the mountaineers this year so i'm going under yeah james madison i feel like is a good example of where i mean james madison is often better than a handful a of lot d1 teams for sure yeah of of F, fbs teams ryan uh welcome to 2019 yeah, thank wow. you wow <laughs> okay uh Excuse but no, yeah so I, and I don't know why you ske- if you're going to schedule FCS, I feel like you might as well schedule some really bad FCS team. But yeah, yeah, I know it, it's embarrassing if you lose, man. It's a no win situation. Very true. Uh, okay, who's who's our next uh, long shot? Yeah, we've got Kansas State 
Their over-under is set at 5.5, with the under being favored at minus 155. So the Chris Kleiman era begins as he comes in after dominating with North Dakota State. But it's going to be a little different in the Little Apple. Uh, their, their offense got really bad towards the end of the Snyder era. They ranked last in the Big 12 last year. And then they lost... Uh, Alex Barnes at running back. He was a big piece. They do replace him with transfer James Gilbert from Ball State, who wasn't too bad. Now, the coaches in the spring, they said that they liked how Skylar Thompson grasped the offense, but the jury is really still out for me. Uh, he gets Dalton Schoen and Malik Knowles back, but they did lose a Isaiah Zuber to transfer, so that that didn't help offensively. And the defense, they allowed over 400 yards per game, so they need dramatic improvement. They lost a lot of contributors in the secondary, so that could be dicey in the in the pass happy Big Twelve. Uh, I'm just not buying Kansas State. I don't see Kleiman improving them enough, especially in year one, to get to uh, six wins in a bowl game. I'm uh, I'm going to go the other way here uh, on K State. I'm going to take a little rosy rosy view of them. They got a lot of I think they have a, a decent amount of returning talent. Um, when you look at I think at least like 17 of their projected. 22 starters will be upperclassmen, so it's not like he's inheriting some super young, super young team. Skylar Thompson, I think, was probably the better quarterback there than Alex Dalton, so I think he'll be when he's for sure the guy. I think he'll his his, I think his production will improve. Um, yeah, I think he's okay. Yeah, he's he's okay. I'll, I'll give you that, but I don't think he's horrible. At least he adds some dimension with his legs as well. And I, the defense, I feel like it was actually pretty solid last year. I mean, they weren't amazing, but they were third in the conference in points given up. And they have a lot of their players coming back. Uh, Reggie Walker, he's a really good defensive end. He had seven and a half sacks last year. They also have Trey Deshaun, who will be in his returning at, at defensive tackle. So they're going to go probably about seven or eight deep up front. Linebackers are pretty good. Daquan Patton and Elijah Sullivan are back. Uh, losing Justin Hughes in the spring hurt he tore his acl um he was maybe their best linebacker but as long as they don't have any injuries there they'll be all right so the secondary is is probably the weak spot but i think they could be okay with and you got a decent front seven so i'm i'm gonna say they surprised some people this year i'm gonna go over yeah i i agree with you ryan i'm i i like k-state this year i think chris Kleiman was uh is definitely a good fit there i think he's he's gonna do a good job now, Trey, you mentioned the the losses offensively, and I that that is a concern. The skill talent there is just really not very good. When you're maybe relying on a, a running back transfer from Ball State, they also got Jordan Brown transferring in from North Carolina. But eh, I don't I don't think either of those guys are are game changers. Now, the bright side is the offense wasn't good last year, so very bad. It won't be hard to a uh, to avoid a drop off there. And Ryan, you, I like the defense as well. That D-line, yeah. you, you brought up a couple of those guys. Wyatt Hubert also is coming into his sophomore year. He was very good right. for a freshman. He could be a breakout star. So very good up front. I'm happy to take the uh, plus 135 and go over. Yep. All right. Okay, guys, we're on to uh, our last long we ma- shot. We made it. We, yep, finally. <laughs> uh, the 10th team in the Big 12. We have the Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, their over-under is, being, is set at three, with the under being favored at minus 135. Uh, so before I start here, let me let me ask you guys this. Where do you think, Michael, you might already know this because you, you like this, but... Because I'm smart? Mm, sure. <laughs> Where do you think Kansas ranked nationally in terms of turnover margin last year? I do know that they were, despite having a horrible year, they were second. I yes, I was hoping Trey would take a guess. Thanks, Mike. Oh, my bad. I'm wow. sorry. I, I was just going to be like in the yes. hundreds. <laughs> oh, oh, shoot! I really it, ruined that. Well, Trey was silent, so yeah, somebody well, had to I say was, something. Anyway, it's a podcast. We can't just have dead air. <laughs> Crazy though, right? How could they be second in the country when they're that bad? That doesn't make any sense to me. It is. It is nuts for sure. That's crazy. So, anyways, that's that's not a good sign for 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 this year. <laughs> I remember last year they started out really good in turnovers. Well, Rut- they got like eight of those from Rutgers. So yeah, Rutgers. Yeah, <laughs> Sitkowski was kind to them. Yeah, <laughs> but um, um, there was some coach. I think after that Rutgers game, I forget who it was. I don't know if it was like Mike Gundy or someone like that. That was 
they're asking him like, "Hey, this uh, this Kansas defense, you know, they they get a lot of turnovers. Are you are you concerned about that?" And he's like, "Well, you know, like a lot of those were from Rutgers." So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's just awesome. like talking trash. I think whoever it was, Kansas ended up getting some turnovers from that team. But oh, that's I, I don't remember who. Oh, all right. I was I was too busy researching how many teams are in the Big Twelve to uh, to research that yeah. factoid. <laughs> Didn't we just gloss over Kansas last year? I don't think we even previewed them. We did. It was rude. <laughs> yeah, it was, we, we were like, this episode's going really long. We've got nine teams we've already covered, and we were just like, sorry, Kansas. Oh yeah, and Kansas. Yeah, and Kansas. Yeah. So, sorry, Kansas fans. Okay, we're gonna preview them this year. But no one complained. No one complained. Yeah. That might tell you something. <laughs> All right, LS our LSU former LSU coach Les Miles coming in here. We'll see how he does. Um, they were horrible on offense last year, but they were at least decent in running the ball last year, thanks in large part to Puka Williams, who is going to be suspended just just for one game against what Indiana State. So should be should be okay there. Yeah, very um, very strong stance taken by Les Miles. Yeah, there. I was going to say, yeah. don't ask Les about it. He <laughs> yeah, he really doesn't have have a clue as to what's going on. Um, but anyways, eh, they got a veteran group up front. One would think they would lean heavily on that ground game because. They're probably going to struggle quite a bit through the air. Uh, receivers are very inexperienced. They'll be relying on, a, relying on a couple of JUCOs to start right away. Their starting quarterback is probably Thomas McVitie, and he couldn't even crack the rotation at Pitt. He was like, they relegated him to special teams there. So that's a big concern. Oh, put some respect on the number one JUCO quarterback transfer. Come on. Yeah. Come on. I'm not high. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Sorry, guys. Fair defense it wasn't quite as bad as you would think because of all those turnovers they 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 got um but they probably will be pretty bad this year dj elliott comes in as defensive coordinator and he's switching them to a three four kansas doesn't really have the personnel for that just one returning starter in the front seven they're gonna be relying on some true freshmen to play you know they're talented stephen parker at linebacker was a good recruit but i don't know there's just it's a lot of holes there on defense. Maybe Corian Harris is their best player at corner, probably. But uh, I don't know. I, I've got to go under on Kansas here. Yeah, I mean, surprising, even with less, like, I might. I think they might even regress a little bit this year. Might take a step back in order to, to go forward. I, the offense is just, you know, a mixed bag. You know, McVitie was did put, show some signs in his juco days uh at quarterback so maybe he's he's improved a little bit enough to to at least make them uh somewhat of a threat throwing the ball but i, I don't see it they need puka to just run wild uh, if they want to have any success and and yeah ryan you touched on the defense dj elliott he's never fielded a top 50 defense so that's scary and then with with the the switch in defense that's going to be all new new languages, new positions. It's just not a good recipe for success. So especially considering they're going to rely on a mix of freshmen and backups from previous years. And I just, they were dreadful last year. I think they're dreadful this year. It would take four wins to beat me. So I, I'm going under. Yeah. yeah. So is Kansas the worst team we've, we've previewed so far? We've gone through the ACC and Pac-12, but. I think it's, I mean, it's between them and Oregon State. Louisville. And. Yeah, Louisville's up there, but I think I like Louisville better. Yeah, but Louisville at least has, I don't know, they, they might have just been a motivational thing last year, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I i i was more bullish on Oregon State, I think, than Kansas, but it's pretty close. Yeah, me too. I think they're the worst. I agree. I, I think Oregon State is better than Kansas with, with yep. that offense they have, but... Georgia Tech, now, they're probably better than Kansas, but if, if things just go horribly with the transition... Oh, that's true. ...then... Maybe, but yeah, I, I think Kansas is the worst. Um, but someone's got to make the case for them. You guys already went under, so I'm going to try to make the case here for an over. And Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. It kind of starts and ends with Puka Williams. Seven yards per carry last year. Yep. They just have to hope he pretty much carries that offense. Um, and the the Juco transfer, Thomas McVitie, is that? I've never heard it pronounced. I've just only read his name. But Oh, I, I, did, I think I said McVitie, didn't I? Oh, did you? I have no idea how it's is, pronounced. Who's, isn't there an NFL coach? Uh, oh, no, McVay. I'm th- it's kind of like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm yeah. thinking McVay. Anyway, yeah, we'll figure it out once he plays. Yeah. But he did run for 6.2 yards per carry in junior college. Now, he didn't run a lot, but sounds like he's, he's a, at least... He's more of a pro-style type of guy, though. He is, but I d- 
he didn't have good passing stats in juco so <laughs> yeah yeah that's uh, i'm trying to make the positive case right okay don't, sorry don't sorry, ask I'm, questions i'll let you go left tackle hakeem adeniji one of the best offensive linemen in uh in the i was gonna say the pac-12 not the pac-12 big 12 big, big 12 yeah <laughs> uh and the defense i mean come on guys you guys were way down but they have a player named hassan defense we brought him up at the top of the show that's that's gotta count for something it, sure he's actually pretty okay. good though yeah, yeah yeah decent decent yeah um he plays in his defense <laughs> yes, yes exactly thank you trey <laughs> and uh yeah the schedule okay indiana state it's not a gimme but let's say they win that coastal carolina one of the worst teams in fbs so two very winnable games i'll say they start out two and oh i just need one more win to at least push yeah and at the end of last year kansas was actually pretty competitive in the big 12 they beat tcu now i know it was a depleted tcu but still they lost by four at k-state lost by 15 at ou only lost to texas by a touchdown they they were kind of right there in a lot of games so even if they take a little bit of a step forward which does remain a question mark maybe they could win a couple of those games so i'm going to ignore ryan your your turnover margin discussion and i'm going to say they go over okay i wouldn't mind seeing that okay now it is time for our next segment which is the hot seat and ryan it's your turn this week okie doke let's go all right ryan outside of texas lsu which big 12 non-conference game are you most looking forward to uh, I would I would have to say Iowa at Iowa State. That game is, uh, I think Michael actually would agree with me there because he thinks this, this game could host game day, according to Michael. So. <laughs> it's a long shot. You got Clemson, yeah. Syracuse, but I'm, I'm going El Asico. <laughs> but it could be a matchup between two top 25 teams. And really, it just could set the table for a huge year for, for whoever wins that. Because like, either team will be 3-0 and in the non-conference should they win. So go with that one. Okay, next question. Who has the best defense in the Big 12? I'm going to stay in Ames. I got I to say the Cyclones here. They have the best front seven in the conference. They're tremendous at stopping the run. They have five players who have a very realistic chance of being first team all-conference. They got Taquan Bailey at the end, Ray Lima, D-Tackle, linebackers Mike Rose and Marcel Spears, and kind of the star uh, safety kind of type Greg Eisworth. So, they're stacked really at all levels of the defense, but especially up front. So I'm, I'm definitely going Cyclones there. Next question. Who has the best player named defense in the Big 12? Um, is there anybody else besides Hassan? Highly doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Let's keep him. Let's keep him warm here. Keep him hot. Who is going to be this year's breakout star in the Big 12? Um. I kind of already touched on it a little bit. I'm going with the Oklahoma State quarterback, Spencer Sanders. I think he'll definitely beat out Drew Brown for the job there, and he's going to have a huge year. He was a big-time recruit out of Texas uh, a year ago. He was the prep, prep player of the year there. But they were able to redshirt him, and so he should be able to hit the ground running this year after he learned the system. So I think I'm really excited to see what Gundy does with a, a true dual threat back there as well. Okay, last question, Ryan, for you here on the hot seat the f*** do you think you are? <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Mother f***ing Ryan Newman. Couldn't think of a, a real question, so <laughs> that's what you get. Wow. Uh, Thanks, Mike. You're welcome. That was a great question. Best best hot seat question. Oh my god. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, okay. Championship picks. Trey, get us started here. Here, Who do you have in the, the Big 12 championship? So I'm going to be a little bold. I'm going to say Oklahoma will win. Wow. That's, yeah, very yeah. bold. Wow. Now, so my the bold is the other side. I'm saying they beat Iowa State. Uh, Texas is better, but I'm just, I like Iowa State this year. I'll take a flyer on <laughs> oh, them. Oh, Texas is better than they were last year, you mean? or Bo- you, can, you can read it both ways. I think they might be technically maybe a, a a step ahead and better even this year than Iowa State but but my point is that Iowa State catches Texas in Ames in November ah. so I like Iowa State in that spot and can beat Texas and get to the Big 12 title okay that's that's good I am actually going to have to go with Oklahoma and Baylor I think oh yep. that's even bolder that's very bold wow 
Yeah, I know. Call me crazy. Call me crazy, boys. You're crazy. Yep. Uh, and I'm going to say that Baylor wins the Big 12. I think what? they beat OU. I, I'm high on Baylor, oh gentlemen. It's my lot. Oh, my goodness. Yep. OU is coming way back down to down to earth here. All right. That's... Oh, my God. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's that's very bold. I'm, it's wide. The Big Twelve is wide open this year. I feel like it's, this is the year to take a chance on somewhat underdog in the in the conference. Wow. I thought I was being crazy. Yeah. I guess I'll I'll agree there, Ryan. But I I think I think it's wide open in the Big Twelve. But I think it's more wide open for that second spot. I'm going to take Oklahoma to win the conference. They've dominated it for a long time. I think Jalen Hurts is going to be really good. I still think the offense is going to be very good, even if it's not as good. And I'm going to say they beat. I'm also avoiding Texas here because we talked about all the reasons why we're a little bit down on them this year. And Trey, I agree with you. I'm going Iowa State. I, I and I don't even think it's that bold. Like, yeah, right. I guess not. They they have so many guys coming back. They've got such a a good defense. Brock Purdy is potentially great. And like you say, Texas at home. So there you go. Wow. Who's who's gonna win, Mike? Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Ah, yeah, of course. Okay, no, Baylor somehow is gonna win. It's gonna, it's gonna happen, boys. You're all gonna be like, "Wow!" You know what? We're setting ourselves up really badly, Trey. For if somehow Baylor does win the Big Twelve, I know we just laughed hysterically at it's him. It's kind of like the going with the NCAA tournament, where it's like if you take a long shot, you got a chance at being great. Like, oh wow, you you predicted that. True, true. But if you pick like. You know, all one seeds like nobody. Even if you get it, it's like nobody really cares. I admire the boldness, Ryan. That's uh, that's very bold. I know. I do realize it's far fetched, but taking my chance. I appreciate it. Okay, let's uh, finish off the episode here, long episode with a questionable finish. Texas's hook'em horns hand gesture is one of the most iconic symbols in college football. But besides Texas, which school has the best hand or arm gesture? Uh, for me, I really like uh, Florida State's tomahawk chop. I feel like that's pretty cool. Not not lame. Not lame. All right. I'm going V for victory, USC. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like lame. Oh, you think, you think that's lame? <laughs> Whatever, Ryan. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. But when I was thinking about this, there's a lot of them. I mean, you've got Arizona State does that, the fear the fork. <laughs> yeah, the the shocker, you mean? Yeah, the shocker. <laughs> oh, wow. TCU has the frog. Miami has the U. Ah, uh, the U's a good one. The U's a good one. U's yeah. good. Texas Tech and Okie State kind of does it too, the guns up. Um, but no one ever talks about what Rutgers and Kansas fans do. They just do a thumbs down. Ooh, that is... Wow. That's, that was bad. <laughs> cheap shot. Cheap that was, shot. That was bad. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Mike Gundy's I'm a Man, I'm 40 speech remains an all-time classic. But when did you consider yourself to be a man? I'd have to say a few years ago when I moved from the trendy downtown area and away from the kind of out-every-other-night lifestyle to be closer to work in a more tame location. All right. Well, I I think there's kind of one definitive moment when every boy becomes a man, and that's when you hit your first hole in one. <laughs> oh my gosh! This is unbelievable. Oh, <laughs> Ouch. Oh. Uh, okay. Uh, for me, it it's just when I was like, I finally got like a real full time career type job, and I was 26 when I got my my teaching job, and I to me that I felt like okay, I'm kind of a grown up, you know. All right, at Conference Media Day, Les Miles did not give a great explanation for the light suspension of Puka Williams. Name a time when you were woefully unprepared for something. And I'll start us out here. So this offseason, I made an appearance on Ross Tucker's College Draft podcast, and I was talking about Clemson recruiting, and I pretty much off the cuff decided to bring up um, their uh, their quarterback commit for 2020, the five-star and then I immediately realized I had no idea how to pronounce his name. Yeah. So I just talked about him without ever saying his name. <laughs> it's okay. Now I got it, though. Here, yeah. I've prepared. DJ Uyangalele. No, no, no. Dang it. I messed it up. <laughs> oh, see? <laughs> Uyangalele. There we go. That's going to be hard to say. Yeah, it is. Well, they're going to... We'll, we'll come up with a short... He'll probably be called Uy. I have no idea. Or DJ. Yeah. DJ. Yep. Yeah, DJ. He's like Tua. Uh... They, uh, I'm going to have to say, I'm unprepared for this podcast. Yeah, we can tell, Trey. No, I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think listeners, I don't think they, our listeners understand how hard it is to be this good. 
Wow. Wow. <laughs> Man, well, <laughs> yes. humble brag, Trey, sure. Man. Uh, okay, for me, I had like about, ah, man, I'd say probably about six or seven years ago, I had a job interview uh, at an apartment complex just to kind of be like a leasing agent. And the, the person doing the interview asked me to sell her the pen that she was holding. She had she had to be the pens like sell me this pen. Oh no. I just totally bombed. I had no idea. <laughs> I'd never really tried to sell something before. It's not I'd never had that type of job. I <laughs> totally bombed it. So I walked out of there. Yeah, I I know I'm not getting this job. All right, Ryan, I'm holding <laughs> a cup right now. Sell sell this cup to the listeners. I can't sell it cuz it's got uh, Tommy the Trojan on there, so it's it's really unsellable. Wow. Oh. Was, I could see why you didn't get the job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to the College Football Bros podcast. We will be back in a couple of days. We're going to preview uh, the independents as well as the top group of five schools. So be sure to check that out. Be sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Spread the word about the, uh, about the show to your friends. And we will talk to you in a couple of days. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening. Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour voice remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox voice remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com thisishome today.